Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 30, where we have a special guest, Dave Dar from Walrus Oil. How's it going, Dave? It's going. And Steven and Martina as well. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. It's, uh, it's hey. not as lovely of a Saturday in South Carolina as it has been this week, but it's still a bright, sort of sunny day, so I'm making it. Is How's it cold the weather? there? It is colder than I want it to be because I've gotten used to like 90 degree weather or or plus living in South Carolina. I just want it hot all the time, but it is what it is. Uh, How how is the weather in Missouri? (laughs) It's it's cold and freezing pretty much like or icy, I should say. It's been like below. Well, we've we've had one day where it was like 65 almost 70 and then it dropped down to like below freezing dear and lord why in between that there was like tornadoes because i don't know it just felt like everything was falling apart and all that stuff <laughs> okay so it like, sounds like, like, like you like, should like move the, to south uh, carolina the culmination of global warming been... and and the collapse of all society was at that moment was happening at least that's what it felt like it that sounds a lot like the midwest <laughs> that's <laughs> yep it was like it, one in the morning, all the sirens start going off, and it's like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> like, the nukes from North Korea are coming, that or tornadoes. So, you know. Then you, have to, then you have to start screaming Wolverines at everything you do. <laughs> well, see, it's... Pulling out oh a Red Dawn reference It's there. like 37 degrees here. I... Pretty similar, <clears throat> yeah. Same. Your weather and Which, mine are always like, 37 identical. 37 is cold for me now. I with this Midwest weather that I've seen, I would die instantly. There's no way my body could handle that cold of temperatures. So where where are you from again? So so where is everyone located? I'm Central California. That is so dope. Oh my gosh. So except the actual city that I I'm in sucks, but for, but but friends well, what's the city. So I'm uh, well, I'm yeah. close to everything. Like everything's like a three hour drive, which isn't yeah. Bad. It's just not as sexy as saying like I'm from San Francisco, you know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Still. Quick, quick jaunt over to San Francisco though. There you go. But the weather generally sucks in San Francisco. It can be real pretty, but still also frigid. That's where my brother lives, and he'll come to Fresno in the summer, and he's like, "It is literally 50 degrees warmer than what I'm used That's to." That's awesome. Yep. Yep. So does he work for like Google and make like a million dollars a day? He works for a nonprofit organization for veterans. He was in the Marine Corps, so now he helps okay. fight um, veteran homelessness and get them job placement and housing. Cool, that's awesome. Very nice, very nice. 
Uh, Trevor, you want to you want to go or you want so me to go? I, don't I know am that. now in Las Vegas. So I moved here from South Carolina, and before South Carolina was Washington, and before that was Indiana. So I said, what brought what brought you to Vegas? Like, uh, my wife had family here, and she wanted to live here. So, ta-da, we're here. <laughs> cool. So I'm I, I'm not gonna lie, like Vegas is like the one city on earth I would never. In a million years, so, ever want to go to for so some reason? You're talking, so every time somebody says Vegas, and they're like, "Oh, you live in Vegas," they think like the one mile of road that everybody goes on and gets drunk, instead of like the whole okay. city around. So the, the, the whole like casino. So there's actually other parts of Las Vegas that is not like oh, the like, gambling district. Or yeah, whatever. it's very it's like suburban. super suburban. So the the part that everybody hears about is just oh the wow, but. Beyond the strip is where okay there's everything, so it's yeah. Cool. I was hesitant at first, mainly because like I've never lived in a really big city, but okay, so far it's been really good. Like everything is pretty close by. You don't really deal with any people from yeah. the strip unless you go near the strip. So it's kind of like oh, really, it's actually a lot like living in South Carolina, except for. A, the weather's not as weird. Uh, I don't have tornadoes or any of that junk anymore. That's true. Anymore. It's been it's been every season. It's been every every yeah. season the last five. Days. And it's <laughs> wow. like everything I need mm-hmm. is within fifteen minutes. So I don't cool. know. I enjoy it. That doesn't sound nearly as horrible. I think a lot of people think it's horrible so. until they kind of figure out that it's not just the one road. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. So it sounds like Nashville. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and you have like <laughs> this. One... Are you from Are you from there too, or something? No, I'm from I'm from East Tennessee, but I can I can respect oh, okay. uh, a Nash a yeah. Nashville person. I cannot sure. respect a West Tennessee person. That's just it's just like uh, against my code. Okay, I got you. No, no I, I feel you. <laughs> so you, you have like the one like old strip, like the old district of Nashville, where it's all the the honky tonk bars or whatever it's all like tourism and no one knows how to drive and it's horrific yeah but then like that's what everyone thinks of nashville is like the country music stuff but i mean there's like so much more to it like i grew up in like well there's like all these different pockets of music industries um outside of like just country and it's like huge like there's like a, a hip-hop culture that's probably just as big as like atlanta and then there's i grew up in like the death metal scene and that was like super underground, but super massive. And then there was like raves. If you knew who to go to to find out where they were, because they're, they're usually kind of hidden. But there was like that whole scene, you know, going on too. But everyone just thinks of country music. So I don't know. I guess it I mean it's sense. just it's it's what it's what it's basically built at the the city yeah. on. You know, everyone goes there to see country music. But like my dad for years worked in Nashville, and I've been to Nashville. I don't know how many times in my life. Yeah, I mean, once you if you go like south of Nashville, like just immediately south of Nashville, there's all those like super ritzy areas, like Cool Springs and Franklin. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then you keep going further south, and you end up in like Columbia, and Columbia's super rural, like super yes. small town, and very kind of just yeah standard sort of Tennessee living. Yeah, very 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 country, but also like just beautiful. I mean, it's not like. I don't like to use the word redneck because I just it's just I feel like it's just like the new derogatory term, but 
there's like some country places where you, like you don't even want to get out of your car and get gas. Like it's just freaky, but Tennessee is super just nice, I guess. In those kind of rural areas. We're pretty we're pretty laid back. We're pretty laid back. Yeah. I mean, we have we host Bonnaroo. Yeah. Actually, I have a lot of family down there that um in the Manchester area. And it's it's actually helped the economy quite a bit. Like they got oh, a yeah. Starbucks as soon as Bonnaroo came in, they built the Starbucks basically. Yeah, so. Manchester literally had nothing before, and then Bonnaroo came, and it's like, what's up with all these rando white people that don't look like they should live here? <laughs> yeah, oh, it's when you know you've made it, festival, is when you have why. a Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's true. I mean, no, it's... no. When you know you've made it, there's a Starbucks in your grocery store. Yeah, That's we have like when you've three made of those. It. Yeah. <laughs> That or, was like, or a Chick-fil-A. I mean, I think a Chick-fil-A is kind of the same. It's, it's actually a little bit more rare for a Chick-fil-A than Starbucks in a small town. That's my, true. I do that have to admit true. that there's, so, there's one benefit to living is, in Vegas I hadn't thought about, which is a lot of trade shows come here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Convention center's huge. So like the woodworking That's show, true. AWFS, is here this year, which is like one of the bigger woodworking ones. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going. I have not been to any woodworking shows yet, and everyone's been asking me to go because it's just like so insanely expensive to go and like have Look a into AWFS. I think it's pretty reasonable. Really? I'm gonna write that down. A W. Yeah, there yeah. was there was even one where I forget the name of it, but it was like if I were to even just go there and not even have a booth, it was like my ticket was twice as much because. I own a brand and I'm not going there as a woodworker. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. But I, I could have hmm. misinterpreted the rules I've, or whatever. But I've got I've got one for you in October if if we can get you together the right person. It's put on by a woodworking store. Oh yeah. Um, and I think they're pretty reasonable because there's a good number of booths and stuff. And I think for people just going to the show, I think it's free. Maybe. Oh yeah. I for, I forget. It's either free or it's like super cheap. It's is it like the Clean Spores one? It is and, the Clean Spore one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they carry our products, so they. Yep. Yeah. One of these days I'll make my rounds. I get so busy it's hard to like ever leave town. <laughs> yep. I guess. So, yeah. And when I do, I just want to like go to the mountains <laughs> and not talk to humans. So. That is legit. That is legit. <laughs> and I think that's part of the reason we had you on the podcast is like, yeah. everyone knows walrus oil, but up until. You did that kind of IG AMA, what, a few weeks ago, whenever I reached out to you about the podcast. I don't think anyone really knew who you were. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a hidden face, <laughs> I guess. So so let's, let's since we've already talked for a good 10, 15 minutes already, okay. why don't we, let's, let's hit our standard sort of intro, okay. and then we'll go into... I guess the life of Dave Dar and how oh you started. How you started as a, uh, a underground death metal guy to uh, in Nashville yeah. to to woodworking oil supplier in Missouri. All right, since you're the guest, our uh, our normal kind of starter, t- you know, s- starter like easy topic is what are you watching this week or what have you watched? <laughs> um, I don't ever watch anything for some reason. I'm just not. Like, I mean, I, if I do watch anything, it would be like nature docu- documentaries. That's pretty okay. much it. So All like, right. or maybe hunting stuff. Like there's the meat eater series on Netflix. 
Hmm. Um, it's like that. It's like a guy. It's kind of a poetic, romantic with hunting. But I mostly watch it for the visuals because he goes off into like the Alaskan mountains and kills things. But it's you know it's cool. So nature stuff mostly, I guess. That's pretty much it. I'm not a sitcom person, and I kind of <laughs> hate going to movies. <laughs> That's legit. So, That's yeah. legit. I was kind of, I was kind of picking up on this sort of more outdoorsy vibe from you, based sure. on the AMAs and all these like really, like sort of scenic shots you guys put up on Inst- on Instagram from time to time. Yeah. So I kind, I kind of got that feeling, but I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like push it on him. No, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everyone I know is obsessed with like comic books and like Marvel movies and that kind nice. of thing. But... I just, uh, which I have a respect for that just because it like, I mean, I've seen those too and it looks cool, but I don't walk away like a changed <laughs> man, I guess. <laughs> it's like, okay, I saw some stuff get blown up for a couple hours. It was fun. That's pretty much it. So. All right. All right. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Martina, would you want to go next? So I've actually been laid out on the couch this week with the cold. I think this is the first time I've been sick in like five years um i used to have the best immunity because like the best immune system being on the ambulance and now that i'm not anymore i'm sick so i've watched everything on netflix this week but it's funny that you mentioned marvel because i was watching the punisher yesterday the first season oh cool so that's what i'm wrapping up with right now all right that's legit that's legit trevor what you got man finish brooklyn 99 except they just released an episode yesterday (laughs) no You're never going to get caught up. It's just going to keep happening. Yesterday or the day before? I can't remember. Yesterday. How about that? But I... uh, Gotcha. I started watching season two of Taken on Netflix, the TV show. I don't think I've watched that one. I don't know. I wasn't really, like, big into the movies. I think the TV show's a little bit better, Mm -hmm. mainly because it's a different... it's, It's like any other, you know, like, FBI, CIA... NSA type show where like the whatever's happening changes each episode so you know somebody different is taken yeah, every to, episode they get to build a story over an entire season instead of like building a story yeah, over like yeah. an hour and a half so it's a little hours, more right I guess yeah faster paced which makes it a little more interesting gotcha but what about you all right I've been watching uh good girls it's about like these three sort of housewives it's funny that are desperate. Oh, it's it's good. It's good. It's on Netflix, <laughs> but I think it was on like HBO or Showtime. No, it was, only, like it was on like NBC, like a basic really? network. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, because it's pretty. It's pretty like seedy. So I didn't think it would be on a basic network, but it's basically about like three housewives that are desperate for cash, so they rob a grocery store, and don't realize that it's a front for like a drug runner to launder money. Oh wow. And then they get wrapped up with the drug runner. So there's like a whole season and there's like, there's a bunch of shady characters. There's a bunch of like just shady dealings going on. And like the sink, like the one of them's a single mom, one of them's a like mom with a really good sort of family home life, but she doesn't have any money. He doesn't have any money. And there's one where the husband is, is this real a creep of a dude. And she's trying to like piece the family back together after he's done some real seedy stuff. So it's pretty Sounds good. Sounds awesome. <laughs> it is. It is good. It is good. It's no nature documentary though. Well, you know. It, but it's, it is. It is yeah. set in scenic Detroit. So you know. <laughs> Super scenic. Super scenic Detroit. 
Oh gosh. Oh man. Oh man. You were you weren't too far from Detroit. You were no, somewhere. Yes, yeah, so I was Michigan. in Grand Rapids um, for not that long actually. Maybe so after college, I was like a total bum, and I would just kind of I moved. I think like ten times in three years between like five states. All right. <clears throat> just kind of traveling around. Legit. I was a, I was a, mostly a web developer, so I would just get a job and do a project and be like, this sucks, I'm leaving, and just pack up and move somewhere else. And yeah, I ended up in Grand Rapids for a while because one of my friends lived there, and it was super cheap. It's a really pretty a place. Like a, like a, do what? I said it's really pretty. Yeah, super. And like when I moved there, it was like when it was just starting to kind of like become cool. It was getting yep. away from the whole like, like uh, falling apart town to turning into someplace cool. But yeah, it was... Super affordable at the time. Our rent was like a hundred dollars for a room or something. And oh wow! Super cheap. That's but, crazy. And it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's it's, it's it's not like I'm like ninety years old. I'm like back in my day, it was a hundred bucks. Like no, it was like literally. But that was because it was like insanely ghetto, and people like someone got shot and killed on their street at one point. Like no, like within the first couple of months living there, like it was kind of. Pretty rough, but uh, that's a little sketchy. That's why it was a hundred bucks. <laughs> Welcome to Michigan. Yeah, exactly. All right, all right. So you said you moved around, but you started in Nashville. Yeah. Um, do you want to kind of give a sort of like brief breakdown of okay, you started in Nashville doing X, and sure. you made a bunch of points, and now you're at Walrus Oil, which is in Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. Right near St. Louis. Uh, well, a couple hours away, but okay, okay, we're actually closer okay. to Kansas City technically. But it's okay, Spring, okay. Springfield, Missouri, it's like the like the third largest town in Missouri. So, <clears throat> oh yeah, so um, like, so you want to hear like how far back do you want to go? Well, I don't know. I whenever, <laughs> whenever you and I were talking, you know, I guess it was last week, early last yeah. week, when we were kind of just discussing things. It seemed like it wasn't that long ago. You were in Tennessee kind of doing the music thing is yeah, that correct that's i mean yeah i mean maybe like 10 years ago or so okay or i mean less. that's pretty but, legit i mean because most of us so it's, it's pretty I mean, fresh all in our 30s so like i was i guess when i was about 18 or 19 i started like a it was kind of like a culture magazine of like death metal music and skateboarding and art and poetry and stuff like that um so I did that for like a few years, and through that, I met a bunch of bands and started a, a very small record label. I mean, it was it, it was, you know, it, it, a scene that was pretty underground. So it it, it didn't ha- I didn't have to be like, you couldn't really get that huge doing it, I guess. But um, so I, I did mean, that. you were big enough to records. start a label. Yeah, I mean, I mean, big enough to like bands went on tour and we printed CDs and. At one point, I had I had a band that one of their CDs was in Hot Topic, and that was about that's pretty sweet. As big as like what happened with me and like what I did. Some of the bands went on to bigger labels. Like one of them went to like Victory Records, um, which I don't know if you guys know who they are, but they had uh, gosh, I don't even, I don't even remember what their biggest band was, but they they were like in like every store. Like like Victory would get you in like Target and Walmart, basically. But. Back so they were, they were pumping out they were pumping out a lot of volume yeah so we were like for sure we, we kind of came one of those labels where like the bigger labels would like look at who we signed and then like figure out who they wanted to like pick from us basically 
like essentially go to them like, hi, when you're done with this record, we will pay you a lot more money and, you know, and give you better, you know, recording deals to come with us. So, which is fine. But, so I did that for a while and, um, oh man, it, so it, it, I guess like I did so many other, so much other shit in between all that. I mean, I was a graphic designer and a web developer, so I did work with like, bunch of like fairly famous people um through other organizations so like one that i mean some of the biggest stuff i worked on was like like kind of like weird like like cd online like uh pre-order stores and stuff hmm. so like my, like miley cyrus is one uh queen and filter for course filters aren't even anymore i don't think but just kind of like random projects like that like, you know, a band will be coming out the CD in six months and they want to like take pre-orders online and then through this organization, I would create those online stores. So I did that and um, got totally burnt out, I guess, of the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like, it's just like, it, it just, when, when you kind of work in it, you either love it or you end up getting completely jaded. And I was one of the guys that got completely jaded, I guess. And so I wanted to do some other stuff and I left and, uh, I think I told you I started like, gosh, like a dozen or so or more companies and failed at all of them before I did I mean, or so. the thing is you, I, I don't see starting a company and then, you know, necessarily not, it not panning out as a failure. Yeah. I mean, cause it's clearly led to you doing something bigger. Sure. You just know now what not to do with a company. It's yes. not like... Hey, I want to have a mobile dog grooming service in a town that has no dogs. That would be like kind of a business failure. Sure. You just, you started businesses and they just didn't quite pan out for what it is you were trying to do. Yeah. Like, like in Michigan, I was, um, for some reason there was like shitloads of just old road bikes in Michigan. I don't know if there used to be a bicycle manufacturer up there. But, like, there was this no farm I would go to, and they would have, like, thousands of, like, road bikes, like, old bikes that just basically need new wheels and brakes. And so I started buying them for, like, they would sell them to me for, like, 10 bucks. And I would, like, there was, like, a couple hours away from Grand Rapids. I would drive out there and, like, load up a Jeep full of bicycles and strap them on my roof. It just as many as I can get on. And, like, and, like <laughs> it would, like, scrape the top of my roof. I mean, I, it was just, I mean, it was pretty crazy. And I would come back and, like, basically clean them up put new wheels on you know fix anything that's loose and like sell them for like 100 bucks and i did that for a while that's and... a pr that's a pretty advantageous you know sort of thing <laughs> taking taking basically what scrap metal and turn it into something you know yeah. worth profit well yeah i mean it was mostly like for fun i guess but it looked really weird though because like you would walk into my apartment which was kind of in the ghetto and like there would just be like bicycles everywhere. Like it just looked like I was sleeping in a garage basically. Um, and then I tried to start like a rental business. So I was trying to like, cause I had so many, I was like, well, I can do like a bicycle and like kayak rental business. I tried to do that. That didn't work at all. Um, cause I had like no contract that they, they would just come by and give me like 30 bucks. I'm like, all right, see you. <laughs> See me a few hours. Please bring my bike back. Exactly. I just generally trust. No one ever stole That's anything. That's impressive. Though, so that was cool. Well, but, at least they're. I mean, at least they're they're trustworthy. Yeah. I mean, that definitely would not happen in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
No, so, I mean, and there was a bunch of other stuff in between that. I can't, like, remember everything off the top of my head, but... I know, well, you, I know you said you got one thing that's definitely going to probably be applicable to all three of us, as well as most of our listeners. You started a brewery. Yeah. Well, okay, I did not start a brewery. I wanted to start a brewery. Or are okay, you say, okay. I mean, are, are you saying Walrus Oil is the brewery? Is that no, no, no. I'm talking about, like, beer. Like, beer. Okay, so... I started brewing beer in Tulsa, and this was like a little bit after Grand Rapids. It, it, when I was in Grand Rapids, it was when I started kind of like explore wood finishes, but I was mostly just screwing around and having fun, like refinishing old furniture. Didn't even think about wood finishes, like I was like working towards that. But anyways, so in Tulsa, I started brewing beer, and um, when I went to uh, Missouri was when I was like, Hey, like maybe I could like turn this into a business because like the laws are so loose in Missouri. I mean, the, the taxes were like almost nothing per barrel because of Budweiser. And so it's like super easy to, uh, you do need like a good deal of cash to like have the right setup, I guess. Um, like to have the facilitation to do it legally, but, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great place to live to try to like, there's like six breweries within a couple of miles here in Springfield. And like, we're a pretty you know, relatively small town, but, um, I didn't end up doing it because like, I, first off, I want to do cider, which is like a much more niche market, mm-hmm. like, like kind of like woodchuck style. And in order, like, in order for me to make it and to, like, have someone even just try it, like, in a public setting, like, for me to, like, go to the farmer's market and, like, here's my brand, here's my cider, like, just try it and tell me if you like it, I would have had to have probably about, like, $50,000 to, like, invest into the facilitation to make it legally. Because you can't just make it in your garage. Holy put crap. It, put it in, like, a cup and, like, hey, try my beer. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it's, like, not, it's not like everybody's rando neighbor that lives down the street that makes beer. It's like, here, just try this. I made it the other day. I'm like, I, do I? I don't know if well, I want to so try like, this. Well, so, like, you... Like, <laughs> is it different because it's cider? Like, like, you, like, like... Because of, the, like, the apples and stuff? Well, um, so I was actually going to... I was, was going to be importing, like, the cider and, like, barrels, like, just raw cider unfermented. But... So I, when I grew up, my dad would always make around Christmas time. It was like a cider uh, with like cinnamon and like red hots. So I, so it was like kind of spicy, like a spicy. It, I mean, it, so it's just like, right. not. It wasn't alcoholic either. It was just like apple cider with red hots and cinnamon. So I was like, man, I could like make this alcoholic, and this would be like so badass. Well, see, here's what's crazy though. Like any 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 one of us, like we. <laughs> We, you can make beer and like give it to your friends like like by law in the u.s but it like it is i guess it's like as long as you have no intent to sell it you can just give it away all day long but if you put if it's like if you give it a brand name and you have like a legal llc then you have to like be super super legit and have yep. like so that uh, it's just kind of like well i don't want to spend i don't want to like get a loan and go through all this, and then I'm like, here, try it. And they're like, this is the worst shit on earth. I hate you and your cider. And then it's like, oh, great. I just wasted all my money. Um, so, yeah. There's always, like, I think in business, there's got to be some kind of, like, first off, debt sucks. So, if, if you're going to go in debt, you better be pretty freaking sure it's going to work out. 
but there's got to be yes. some level of like backup plan if it doesn't work out i guess so in, in brewing it's like you put all this money in and you you don't brew just five bottles you brew like five thousand and if it's horrible it's horrible and you're kind of screwed that's that's my story on the, the brewing stuff that's the story on brew. all right all right i can get behind that i can get behind that I mean, I could definitely sit and talk with Dave for an hour, a couple hours about this beer industry and cider industry thing. But I, um, but I mean, I guess people want to figure out how you got into making oil and everything and how, (laughs) how all this, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How all this relates to water. Yeah. I read a little bit about you and then you've mentioned the furniture restoration and everything like that. So that was just like a side gig passion project for you that took off. Yeah. well, I, I think it's just more like, how, 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 can, how can I say this without being weird? Pro- probably like, you, you know how when you're younger and like you just do things out of like, uh, what's the, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's like, okay, it's, right. it was okay. like therapeutic. It's like, I'm young. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life. I just moved for the ninth time and I need to do something for like therapeutic to just like process life, if that makes sense. So I was like, I I, sh- I I should just do some woodworking out of nowhere. Like, I, maybe I'll just find some old furniture and uh, you know refinish it for like therapy. Cook- <laughs> that's that's. I, mean, do I, mean, what, do that's I? I think that cathartic. Sure, I don't know what that word means. Cathartic. Yeah. What does that? Yeah, you know, cathartic is like okay. So it's like a therapy type okay, thing. Sure. But yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's it's a it's like finding it's like finding peace and and doing work yes. sort of a thing yeah i mean because i i for sure believe that probably most people hate their day jobs i mean at least through a lot of people i know and at that time i was like i, w- I went from like the music industry to web development and i kind of i was starting to really hate web development and uh you know so when you're when you're young and like or i'm still young but like when you're like fresh out of college and trying to figure out what the hell you want to do with your life, you, you get frustrated super easy. And, uh, in, instead of like trying to fall into a deep pit of depression, it's like, maybe I should just pick up a hobby and just see what happens. So that, that's that started refinishing old furniture and stuff just for fun. And I think I would just either give it away or, you know, try to sell it for a couple of bucks. Nothing wrong with that. Were you, did you grow up like, being handy like was your dad a woodworker or anything like that or you just no. decided this is what i'm gonna try out see if i know like so my dad was like a hardcore business guy he's always been that uh, i do have some woodworkers in my family that are like they're not alive anymore but they're like they like my grandparents on my mother's side right. they were like super into woodworking um <clears throat> one, one of my uncles uh actually makes fly rods which is pretty cool he's pretty that's like, pretty awesome moderately famous for him, I guess, because he sells them for like thousands oh. of dollars, and then oh yeah, there's like a there's like a lot that goes into fly rods. I, that's why I never took up yeah. fly fishing is because it's ungodly expensive. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and and I have another guy that's he's also an engineer, uh, one of my uncles, but he's always done like random wood woodworking stuff, like mostly refinishing. But so I guess it's kind of in the blood, but it was I, I never grew up around it, so it was for sure random. So that was that was your foray into into woodworking, and yeah. I know kind of a little bit of the background of Walrus Oil. I'm not sure how much Trevor and Martina do do, but before Walrus Oil, there was actually like a whole other 
sort of woodworking company. Yeah. Dis- Dispatch, I think. Yeah, it was, well, it was first called, and the names are stupid as hell, but it was called uh, Great American Dispatch. <laughs> no idea why I came up with that, but. Just, just sounded cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, you're not going to get confused with anyone else. I mean. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, there, here in town, there's Great American Insurance, Great American Taco, Great American Pizza, I think. So it was a theme. That's how you came up with yeah. it. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I was, I just wasn't thinking. Anyway, so like, I, I decided that I knew another woodworking guy and I was like, let's make like super high end, uh, office supplies, like super badass, like desks and chairs and, um, and, and, and just accessories and pencil holders and stuff. And one of those things we made was like a clipboard. And I, I the, the clipboard was like sort of a joke because the, the, it took so much time. Like we would have to sell it for like, you know, 20 bucks or something for like just a clipboard. And what happened was I put it on Etsy and people started buying them. And then a restaurant asked if we can make like 300 of them, basically. So we did that, and then they asked us if we could make like a couple hundred cutting boards, and uh, so we did that. And so almost immediately, we went from like high end office supplies that no one gave a crap about to like just restaurant supplies. So it was almost like an overnight shift of like now, like we're a restaurant supply company kind of thing. So we were pumping out just you know clipboards and cutting boards until we're blue in our face and then um i I mean honestly like i i was we were trying to like find finishes that would work with just one coat because i would have to sit there and just like recoat and recoat hundreds of cutting boards and so i was just kind of thinking back about the stuff i used to do in michigan and we just dinked around with some stuff and uh made like what's like the walrus oil cutting board oil so it's, it's actually i know a lot of people will use more than one coat and they will also use the wood wax but it's technically made to where you can put just one coat on and just call it good you know it's you know if you're like a more of a production woodworker it's gonna be a hell of a lot better than if you just dipped it in mineral oil basically um, yeah that's and that's what i had seen for a long time was guys doing like a like 15 boards at one time and they were just like basically doing a tub full of, of yeah. mineral oil and, and that works. It's just for us, you know, you know, we would have to do that. You would have to do it like two or three times because that first coat, when it dries, it just doesn't look great. And then there was no, like, there's no wax generally within those recipes, but, um, or just mineral oil. But yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it takes forever for it to just dry and polymerize. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's, that's the issue that I run into is like whenever I'm shipping, is you know i i need to i need to ship during the week so it can be delivered because i don't want to ship something on a weekend it just makes things far more complicated mm-hmm. so it's like all right i've got to i've got to finish it tonight so i can have you know a night two nights for it to dry and then i can ship it yeah whereas like if i did that with mineral oil i think i did one or two boards with mineral oil and i was like waiting a week for for something to to dry and i was like god this is taking forever yeah be fine for like home use i would just set it out on my kitchen counter and sure you know let it dry out for a few days but i've got to ship it to somebody it's like i can't ship an oily board because then yeah. yeah it's probably gonna it's yeah it's probably gonna dry during the shipment but then the box is gonna be oily or the paper that i wrapped it in is gonna be oily and it's just that's just not cool 
Yeah. This doesn't. This yeah. This is not good. Well, there there is like we we, we actually started to offer just mineral oil because we were getting requests from people like, um, like they just they like to do, just like an oil bath before they use other finishes. I guess like a, I guess in Hawaii there's a lot of like monkey pod I think. And apparently that stuff just soaks up everything. Like you pretty much have to do hmm. like a mineral oil bath, at least through people I talk to over there. Um, so we start offering that, like just mineral oil for the hell of it. But our cutting board oil for sure is like our best selling product and the wood wax is probably our second best. I used it for the first time in October for a cutting board for my father-in-law. And so that was October. I just looked at the board the other day and it looks just like... The first day I went, yeah. yeah, I put the cutting board oil on it. Like you, you can't tell that any time's gone yeah. by. So I like, I love this stuff. So it was very cool that you'd be willing to jump on the podcast with yeah. us because like I actually use the product and can speak to it and everything. Like I think that. we've all used stuff. it. Granted, <laughs> you know, compared to you guys, I barely would work. So, so it's been a little bit. But. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. That's the that's a running joke with Trevor is that he he doesn't woodwork because he owns a laser so he, he doesn't yeah. do anything his laser just he just drops a it's board magic. in it and the, out the other side it. comes a, it, it it comes yeah. out packaged and everything. My garage is actually Hogwarts for people that didn't know. Yeah. That. <laughs> so you know, I for my you know two or three times I think I've used it for personal cutting boards. It's worked really well for us. Well, cool. It's a good thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the the heart, like the most challenging part through all of it, is like at some point we had to make a decision of like this this can no longer be a hobby. It's got to be like a legitimate business because we were like perpetually sold out for like six months uh, for like when we first started, we couldn't keep up. So it's like when you ordered it, you got it within like a week and a half because we would always have to make make the order basically. And then we've had to upgrade our equipment to keep up, and we can still we can still to this day we can barely keep up with uh, with the demand for it. But I mean, that's not a bad problem to have. But problems to have, yeah. Not being able to keep up with the demand is probably one of the lesser problems. Yeah, not and we're, and we're still like we're still super tiny. I mean, like we're we're working out of a like we I, we had like a three car garage that I put some money into to, to like, you know, make it uh, like a clean place to make this type of finish. So we had like, we can't park our cars in it. We had to clear everything out, um, you know, build in offices and paint it and put in like a mini split and all this stuff. So, you know, so it's not like weird, <laughs> but we've out. So is it like just you and your wife no, it, or do you I have, have like a business partner? I don't have business partners. Uh, I have a couple employees they come here and we we are like uh we haven't like publicly announced it yet so this is i guess the public announcement but we we are in the final stages of like possibly working with a they're they're technically a contract manufacturer but they're sort of like an unofficial partner of Aubersoil. so they're like a pretty small company in st louis and like they're what they're set up to do is like if there's a company like Elmore School Glue or or just like a, you know, like a company that needs stuff bottled, they kind of pick up all the slack that no one else can keep up with. So like, 
if Elmer School Glue, they're like, well, we got to have like five million bottles done in like three months or something. And then like no one else can keep up with that. Like these people will kind of like pick up the slack because they're, they're not, they're not small, but they're not big. They're just kind of like just the right size. So we're going to start working with them on like two or three of our products to help us kind of keep up with the demand. Um, that. That's that's really awesome. So the, the sucky part is, is we, we will probably have to like people like we're going to lose the allure of being handcrafted or whatever. Like we're not going to be able to hand pour wax forever. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> like we're still going to do it a little bit, but it's just, it's just not going to be that way forever. If, if, if everyone wants our product, <laughs> you know, I mean, there are some aspects, I mean, even with the contract manufacturer, there are some aspects that are still done by hand, but ultimately when it comes down to like putting it in a bottle, like we just, we just can't do it by hand, which sort of sucks. I mean, it's, it's kind of like letting your baby grow up and go to like elementary <laughs> school, I guess <laughs> you have to kind of like let go a little bit, but you can't hold, you can't hold their hand forever, but it's still your baby. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we still own it. I mean, we're not like, like relinquishing any ownership of it, but it's been like insane because they have like chemists and all that. And just like trying to make sure that like everything is like exact. We're not cheapening on anything. Like every single like manufacturing process and ingredient and component and where source, like we've been like hardcore about to make sure that nothing's changed basically. Um, so that's been kind of a headache. It's not, that's not too bad. No, but but what, I mean, what, once it, it all is once it's all done and ready to go, like technically after we start working with them, if Home Depot called said, "Hey, we, we want to start carrying your product," like we will be able to do that. So I, I honestly think a lot of people want that. Like they they want to be able to go to Home Depot or Lowe's and get our product, and like we just we're not set up for that yet. So. Yeah, because if I don't, I know right now if I don't order it online, like through Amazon. Um, then I have to drive about an hour to get it. Yeah. That's the closest, that's the closest yeah. supplier of it. You mm-hmm. know, I'm totally fine doing that, but I guess, you know, it would make it easier for some, some makers that are doing more volume or that hit a snag. It's like, Oh man, instead of driving an hour to go get something, I can maybe drive 15, 20 minutes. Exactly. It. It's, it does, it does help. But I don't think the way you explained it to me, whenever you and I talked over the phone, it, you're not cheapening your brand. You're mm-hmm. just making it, you're just making your brand available to more people yeah. and a, and a larger volume. It's still your, it's still your product. It's sure. still going through everything you say it, you're, you're saying it well. Yeah. But I think it also allows you to get into other avenues. Cause like, I didn't realize until, I don't know, maybe a month or two months ago, you guys even had the leather care, the walrus oil leather care, yeah. which I didn't know anything about, <laughs> but I'm kind of, I'm pretty interested in now. Sure. Yeah, we, and we got the lip balm, and um, we're gonna we're gonna start getting more into some of the like, like the body care products or whatever. I mean, we're not gonna get too crazy into it, but we're working on like a hand salve. We might even make a uh, like a tattoo balm kind of thing because everyone that we also has tattoos. You know, <laughs> that's I mean but that's true. Almost, I know very, almost everyone. Yeah. I know very few woodworkers that do not have a tattoo. Yeah. So. I mean, we, we get a lot of requests. Like, I, I will say that, like, almost every day someone says, please, God, make, make beard oil. And I just I just <laughs> refuse to do it because I don't know why. Because <laughs> I think there's just so many people making beard oil. Like, I don't want to be, like, just, just the other guy making beard oil. But, I, I mean, that could change. 
Yeah, I um, mean, there's only there's only so many people that make hand salve. You know, I, I can think yeah. of a couple of brands, and I don't know. Yeah. You know how well I really really like them, necessarily. Yeah. So yeah. I'd rather go with something like that. And leather care, I mean, that's something I don't think anyone thinks about often enough. And no. I don't. You're right. I mean, I have a, I have several pairs of leather boots and leather belts, things like that. And that's something that I think would definitely be necessary. Yeah. I mean, I, I got some Chippewa boots that I've had for like five years. And I mean, I've, I've hiked every, I mean, I hiked the Grand Canyon in them. I've hiked like, you know, just all over the place, you know, part of the Teton mountains. I didn't like trek the whole way, but, um, and, and like there's memories behind them and I, I'm not, I just don't want to like give them, give them up to goodwill. So like I, I would, you know, use our oil. I mean, I've used other oils before, but I figured, well, I'll just make our own <laughs> since we have all the, the equipment ingredients to do it. Yeah. So actually our, our leather waxes just, just came out like, uh, maybe last week. Um, took us quite a while to kind of get it to where we want it to be. Yeah, there's a lot of trial and error because my biggest fear is making something that everyone ends up hating. <laughs> so, I mean, it, like even with like the lip balm, I mean, we I would make a batch of like hundreds hundreds of sticks and give out a few, and then people would say, I don't I don't like this or I don't like that, and I'll just throw everything away and start over until wow. people are like, this freaking rules, and then I'll put it out. So you're you are standing committed to your product like 100. percent Yeah, I mean, I mean, who wants to like? I mean, it's a four dollar lip balm, okay? It's three ninety nine. Like you can go anywhere in Walgreens and find it for like eighty nine cents. So if you pay four times the price, it better be awesome. Like it, it better, better be, be it good. better be at least four times as good, right? Yeah, and, <laughs> and honestly, the only reason why I price it for that is because of of the economics. Like it does, it isn't cheap to make it. And, you know, it's, you know, you, you have like your, 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 uh, retail price and then you have your wholesale price. And usually with wholesale, wholesale prices, you give up half of that and then you got to make some profit to run the business. Um, yep. so they're like, we, we, we would, we would be losing money if we sold it at like two, like two bucks or two ninety nine. So but, but my point is like, if it's a $4 lip balm, it better be awesome. If it's a $12 can of leather wax. It better be awesome because you can find cheaper stuff out there. So. Yeah, but I think twelve dollars is probably re- pretty reasonable. For, yeah, well, yeah. For as for as as like as often as someone would use it, so that sure. I think it's pretty reasonable. Yeah, but I and I, I don't want to be the most expensive either. I mean, I, I kind of like you know my mentality is is like let's like we have a great brand that people enjoy. Like it's just a cool brand. I mean, like I I I made it for myself first, you know, and and I I enjoy the brand. Like I so like I don't want to be like cheap on the ingredients and just be like sell our product because like oh we're the cheapest because cheap always ends up being crappy products. <laughs> but I don't want to be the most expensive. Like I don't want to I don't want to be the guy selling like the fifteen dollar <laughs> lip balm. Like I would like to be because uh, they're out there. I've looked. I mean, they exist. There's, I mean, there's thirty dollar hand creams, you know. I mean, it's it's out there, so I, I want to be like affordable but awesome, like quality, basically. So it's that's that's gonna fall somewhere in the middle of like the the dollar lip balm stick and ours is four and there's some that are ten. So we're just gonna be kind of in the middle. I think a lot of people down. forget about so. the wholesale structure 
for companies that do stuff yeah like supplies where they're like oh it's so expensive but they forget that once you wholesale price it to a like if you sold it to home depot like that's immediately half of your typical cost which is it can be a huge chunk well another thing too is is some of those bigger companies like they're gonna want 60 percent off and you may not even get paid for that product for a year i mean I mean, you'd be lucky if you got net 120 days. Most of the time, it's like net oh, 365 days. Like they place their Good order Lord. for 50,000 bottles of water soil in January, technically. 2019, you'll get your check in 2020. <laughs> and and so like you, it, it, when that's the case, you got to have, um, you know, great relationships with your banker. You have to have lines of credit. Um, you got to have a crap load of cash sitting in the bank just to be able to like cover yeah. that, you know, I mean, if they order, I mean, let's just, I mean, let's just do the math. So if they, I mean, if they order like a hundred thousand dollars in products, you got to have a hundred thousand dollars sit in the bank basically. Cause they're not going to pay for that product for a year. There's that whole aspect of the business world <laughs> and what I'm doing and learning about it. It can be kind of crazy. So I imagine when you started and you're, you're trying to start a business you were just as lost as all of us. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit, yeah. I am so yeah. lost when it comes to not only the, the tax aspect or the filing an LLC aspect yes. or even yeah. finding mm-hmm. a template to write a business plan. Like All of these things can be so overwhelming that you just shut down. And then there's those people that are yeah. the true, I guess, entrepreneurs that they do it even though they hate it and they get through it. But it's kind of like that definitive line, I think, where people are like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own company. And then they see how you start an LLC and they're like, that's too much work or it's too confusing or whatever. Mm -hmm. How did you handle that? Like, did you Uh, go, did you find resources to help you? Did you just struggle through it? I mean, a lot of it was just like Google searching um and i think honestly too like when you want to start a business you just assume it's insanely hard but a lot of times it's just not that hard like i know in missouri getting an llc is a little as like just going online and clicking a few buttons and it's like a 100 bucks oh that's really cheap um that's pretty simple (laughs) like one of my biggest fears was payroll and like i resisted hiring help for forever and then i realized quickbooks has a little service that you pay like maybe 80 bucks uh, a month it's like 80 or 90 dollars and they run all of your payroll for you and they even do all the tax filings um so like when i when i hire an employee i just add them to my to my quickbooks account under like this section for payroll and they'll pay like quickbooks will send them their w-2s quickbooks will Whatever taxes are taken out, QuickBooks will take it out of my bank account and just send it to the IRS and then file any, like, you have to file, like, so much, so much paperwork throughout the year with the state and, and the government. And they do everything. It's just it's just done. No, you have to even think about it. And anyone can go in, and I'm not, I'm not like, selling QuickBooks right now, but anyone can go in there right now and do it. And, like, it's just that easy. It's super freaking easy. 
but it like I resisted hiring people for like six months because I was so terrified. Like, what if I did something? What if I do something wrong? And the IRS comes to get me because I didn't follow something. Yeah. Um, but so I, I think a lot of it just has to do with like, just get out there and try like, cause it's, it, may, it may not be as hard as we think it is, you know, cause there's always this anxiety of like, what if I screw up something and then, you know, especially with taxes, like what if I, well, screw it's not up only that, I but or, in the American culture, cause the, the company I used to work at used to do a training, a legal training. And they would show you yeah. how many lawsuits have been filed in the United States total versus like every other country in the world. Mm -hmm. And like 90% of them are ours. So that's the other yeah. aspect of business is, you know, how do you, because yeah. I'm assuming since you're doing it for cutting boards, it has to be FDA compliant. And yeah. you are mm -hmm. more subject, I guess, to rigorous standards and legalities and all that stuff so that's another hurdle i mean that's why on the bottle it says not for consumption or skin so if you try to like you know bathe in walrus oil for some stupid reason and you have some weird rare allergic reaction the bottle says it's not for skin <laughs> if you drink it and get sick and have violent diarrhea and have to go to the hospital for dehydration <laughs> the bottle says not for consumption or skin so it's like the only other thing I could do is put a giant like red warning label on it that is horrifying and no one will ever want to buy it because they think it's like gasoline yeah. or something. Um, it's just it's just kind of I mean when you're selling product, eventually someone is going to be an idiot and do something stupid. Like that's it's just it's just the way it is. So I think just being smart about like having a warning label of some kind would probably, I mean, anyone can try to see you, but if you have some kind of disclaimer on there, it, they're probably not going to win unless maybe they're in California. <laughs> but that's true. Um, it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you, you just have to just, you know, just kind of go with the flow and just hope and pray that no one tries to like screw you for, uh, I mean, because people are going to try to like, if we get as big as like yeah. Howard's and some of these other companies, someone is going to get hurt and probably lie about it and probably try to sue us. Like it's just going to happen. That's just how it is in life. Yeah. And but you just you have to just do your due like due diligence and just be fearless, I guess. And I I think you hit on something is the due diligence and not cutting a corner to get. Yeah. Because I'm I'm sure there's companies out there that cut a corner to become compliant or whatever thinking it won't bite them later yeah but because i i mean yeah. looking into not only the taxes are difficult but the llc's are difficult <laughs> and then you're adding the fda compliance on top of that which is another difficulty like mm -hmm. i think don't, people don't understand or appreciate how many complications there are with starting a business and how much work it actually with takes products. to push through the hurdles of starting it officially. Yeah, no, it, it, it for sure is hard as hell. I mean, it's, I mean, and, and not to mention like everything you just mentioned, like the fear of, you know, not doing something right with the taxes or FDA, but then it's just also like you're putting your money and your life on the line 
you know? I mean, I have emptied practically all my savings in water soil. And so it's like, so like a few years ago, my, my mother died and I'm like super transparent about stuff. So she died a few years ago and I got a small inheritance of like 30,000 bucks and it's gone now. I've put a pretty, almost all of it in water soil. So if this thing fails, like that's all gone. Um, so there, there's like, there's always that fear of, of like, you know, what are you going to lose? Like if you fall, how far, how far are you going to fall? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, still to this day, like I, you, I have like that, that like little voice in the back of your head, like you're going to fail, yeah. you know, but, but here, here's the thing That's though. So I, I, I listen to a lot of, um, how I built this, that podcast, um, so how I built this, the guy interviews like CEOs of these huge companies and the owner or the founder of Panera Bread still has the fear of failure. And he wow. admitted that like last year, like still to this day, he says that he has this weird feeling that one day no one's going to walk into Panera Bread and everything's going to fall apart and maybe I'll end up under a bridge. I mean, it's just, I think it's just natural. You know? I think if you don't have that fear though, you can be more reckless you don't have that drive either yeah well yeah. i think that's what drives me is like it's all or nothing at this point for me going exactly full time so i can't fail so that fear keeps me up at night of you know what happens if this thing tanks and i think that's oh my gosh. the biggest motivator so you know what i mean so, so where did you work at before so you, so you left your job and to do this completely full time so what I was a full-time paramedic oh, for wow. the ambulance agency in town, and I got hurt off duty oh, wow. and was off for about a year, and then had surgery and everything. And there was just so much damage to my shoulder, like going back, even with the repair, it was too hard and not worth it. Being my age, like being permanently disabled, oh, wow. so it was kind of an all-or-nothing. I was doing woodworking on the side, just you know, like how you said, just something so I didn't go insane for fun. And it was like, okay, I kind of have this skill, like. Let's go for it and sink or swim. Sure. So I've just, I think I've stopped breathing for the past year and a half going full time <laughs> because I'm so stressed yeah. out about it. But, it, but it's, if you're passionate about it, you'll make yeah. it happen. And I think that's what you did, which is awesome and inspiring. I mean, I still haven't made it. I mean, I'm still, <laughs> I mean, I, well, yeah. you know what I mean? You're still, yeah, like you're in the process of it and it's going places. Sure. And it's driving you daily. I mean, you've definitely set those steps that I think a lot of makers want to go towards. They're they're definitely they're large steps and they're incremental. I mean, you started out as this was like a sort of side gig thing, yeah. something cathartic, and then it was like, okay, what if we build furniture? Well, that didn't quite pan out. Well, let's what if we sell these clipboards? And the clipboards became something, became yeah. something. Then walrus soil became the thing. Walrus soil then became you and employees. Now it's you employees and possibly an extra layer of distribution and manufacture. Yeah. yeah. You know, the next gonna the next thing's gonna be is you want, you know, somebody's gonna want this wholesale. Someone's gonna want, you know, mass production. Yeah. So I think that's what we as makers are trying to achieve is we're just trying to get those next steps. Yeah. I you mean, know, Martinez yeah. Martinez already ahead of us and that sure. she's she's already you're a full time maker. Yeah. You're already one step ahead of me and Trevor. <laughs> It, no, means, I, it means a heck of a lot more. I, I to, feel the same way. It means I've taken more years off my life than you guys have. Do you know? Do you know? Every stress. time something breaks in the shop, I just like 
I just feel completely well, destroyed we all feel because it's way, like dude. I can't do anything until I fix oh, this. Gosh. But you have the full time job in order to be able to replace that item quickly. Not if something breaks down really. in my shop, I'm screwed oh, because I can't use that item to produce income for myself. I so there's just it's. That's super no, yeah. hard. Grass is, grass is always greener. Yeah. Grass is always greener. People are envious that I'm full-time, and I'm envious that they have a full-time job to pay for and their hobby. People, you know what so I mean? I've had so, people come to me and be like, well, you have a full-time job. That's how you bought your laser. I haven't taken any money out of my full-time job ever to pay for anything in my shop. So you're right that people make a lot of assumptions, I think, about how you got to where you are and how you got a break or how you did this. And I mean, there's, there's people that happen to, you know, have the right networking opportunity and they took advantage of it and good for them. But a lot of people do have the, you know, the facade that it was all easy when they got there and people forget like, you know, it's never easy. Yeah. I mean, I I've been working at it for <laughs> five years. It took me five years to buy my machine. Like it it wasn't a oh, wow. one year or less type of endeavor. I think the hard part is like we put on yeah. social media like our successes and stuff like that, and we try to put on our failures, but no one sees the daily ins and outs. So like all the back end stuff of like taxes and all that nightmare stuff of owning a business or whatever, but no one like they don't actually see like the freakouts or the meltdowns and stuff like that of like trying to make this full time. And it's just because you're only going to put like the awesome stuff, like the, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I had the success. Like I got put into this store or I made like made this deal with a client and stuff like that. Like, it's a daily struggle and it's always going to be a daily struggle no matter how successful you are. But I think that's why people always think it's super easy because yeah. you're only putting. No, I mean, that's so there. true. No one wants it. No one wants it. Yeah. Like you want to talk about the failures cause it's true, no. but no one really <laughs> wants to hear about the failures. Like, so no one wants the negative Nancy's yeah. and stuff like that. You're just like, and no one's going to want to follow those, along with that story. You get haters that, you know, are all over the place too. So not only do you have your own failures that <laughs> yeah. happen, then you have other people trying to troll additional failures yes. into your life. <laughs> this is right. exactly why I stay behind the scenes as much as possible. I don't blame like, you. I, I, I have <laughs> no I have no personal uh, social media accounts because of this very thing. It's like I'm just I'm like I am sort of like the negative Nancy kind of person. <laughs> Because, like, you'll see people on Facebook and they have, like, the perfect, like, family portrait and they're on the beach and it's, like, the perfect picture and it's, like, yeah, they'll be divorced in, like, a year. <laughs> like, oh, I'm yeah, just, like, awful. it's uh, it's just not or, real to me. It's not real. Like, Or it doesn't happen because you're trying to grow your business yeah. and you don't get that much time off to be able to go enjoy yeah. your family and your family like hates you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's, so I'm sure you get that. Like you've been an entrepreneur yeah. your whole life. So it's, it's hard, especially being full time, like trying to carve out personal time. So you don't go insane. It's extremely hard. I mean, actually like I try to like I, I try to plan some kind of like hiking trip like once a year. Otherwise, I'll, I will just absolutely go nuts. And th- there was one time where, like, actually right before I started Walrus Oil, I was like 
insanely like knee deep in my day job. I still have, I still have a day job technically. I work in sales. Um, most people don't know that, but um, so, I mean, I work out of the same office as Walrus a little bit. It's essentially like that's my bread and butter. Like people will call me to order stuff for my day job, and then when I get done with that conversation, it's just right back to like Walrus. <laughs> so it's not that hard, but. Nice. Um, yeah, there was one point where I was just like losing my mind and I hopped a plane and went down to Nicaragua for like 10 days just for the hell of it. <laughs> and, it and I mean, sometimes you just have to do stuff like that. You just got to like pack your shit and get the hell away from the insanity. Um, usually for me, it's like getting out into like wild places, but maybe for one of you, it could be just like binge watching Netflix in a hotel room with room service for a weekend you know i mean just in like <laughs> I, we that would be that would I be mean, nice like, if you think about it like i mean is, is life uh, this is where i get all philosophical <laughs> but i mean at the, end of, the, at the end of our life do we really want to look back and be like i spent like 95 percent of my existence busting my ass to try to like you know like pay just pay the mortgage or like just do this and that. I mean, ultimately we want to be happy and have joy and we try to do that through our business. But when you're starting out, it's freaking hell on earth. And that, that's probably the hardest part is like when you're in the struggle, like finding the joy in what you're doing, I guess. Or at least that's kind of how it is for me. Right. I, I always say like I ruined my <laughs> hobby because I turned it into my full-time job. So now I need to, find a yeah. new hobby because it's so easy because i'm working out of my garage obviously it's so easy to like every spare second of the day like oh i'll just go put this finish yeah. on real quick or i'll go spray this real quick you know what i mean so now i need to find something to like yes. decompress or so that like you yes. have that with hiking and everything like that yeah. so i need to find something you nailed it so so, so what well, here let's figure and... it out right now so what else what could that be <laughs> what brings, what brings joy? me joy I think um, it sounds super lame, but like I'm really looking forward to starting my garden okay. this year. So we've been in this house. I think this will be our third summer. So I'm going to build some containers for that. And then that could be something where I can go and just yeah. tend to my garden because I need I need something. Well, you already solved it. I can't be all work yeah. and no play. <laughs> I think, well, yeah, if it stops raining. No, so. I mean, because I mean, I've actually done that yeah. too, where I've planted apple trees and other stuff. And I, I didn't have the time to maintain it, but like, no, that's like daily task. Like you'll, you'll be out there every day, probably like pruning your plants for like 20 minutes and watering them. So that for sure can help you get the grass. So. Yeah. It can be, it can be very cathartic. My grandmother still does it to this day. She, she had, she used to run, she used to have three huge gardens. Yeah. And I mean like monster, monster gardens. Um, but now she's much older so she has like one smaller garden but she's still i mean it's more than what probably 10 or 12 times what size like somebody would have in their backyard so she still does that every day and she's well well up yeah. in age so she enjoys it it's hard work she's done it all of her life but she still loves going to the garden i think it'll be fun because i will make my own herbs in fruits and vegetables and then go cut them on my own cutting board that i made and then cook it like i think it's just going to be That'd this be cool. whole full circle it's thing. like it's, it's just Trust pure romance that, that <laughs> stuff right there like far, far on the table man that's i'm all about that there you go 
I will it. not go yeah. back though. I will still yeah, go back I, 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 from the store. I tried to hunt, so. but I ended up like selling all my guns because I'm just not successful. Like I just can't do it. I can't. I can't do it. That's. Yeah. I try not even to think about the fact that that used to be a living <laughs> creature. So. And it just makes me sad. <laughs> maybe we sh- maybe we should start getting you to buy the um the well, vegan walrus oil. Yeah. You know, just you just to clarify, no walruses were harmed in the making of yeah. the oil. No walruses are ever harmed. I, I am legitimately I surprised that, that, that always how makes me popular laugh. the vegan wood oil is. Like it I mean, people don't really post it much online, but through our retailers we sell it like crazy. It's like it's just almost the same thing except there's no beeswax, and uh, we do use some scents in it. But I guess like it's 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 particularly popular out on the West Coast, like in Oregon, in California. But I guess people want to save the bumblebees, you know, from extinction. I guess maybe yeah, then at Freeman that point does. you can say it's like 100% vegan, you know, cutting board, serving yeah. board. I mean, I just I just sold one to a to a girl. It should arrive in the next few days. She's calling it a faux charcuterie board. Okay. Because she's vegetarian. Oh, wow. So she's never gonna put like she's never gonna put any meat on it. So it's just gonna be like oh, maybe cheese yeah. and vegetables. I don't even know if she eats cheese. So she's calling it a faux charcuterie board. So it cracks me up. Just for crackers? Yeah. I guess crackers and, and fruits. Lettuce. Vegetables. I I don't know. I don't know. But I'm super excited about it. She's she's really excited about it. I just thought it was such a unique concept that I never thought about a faux charcuterie board because there's no there's no meat on it. I guess that's the same for my in-laws too. They said it's too pretty to cut on. I was like, this I'll... is literally its intended purpose. <laughs> if, I, if, I that, the cutting board. Admit, if I hear that from another I relative, one, I'm gonna lose it. And I have it, it. And there's still times like I don't even want to cut on the one I made. So nope, I oh, love no, it. I, I, I mean, swear, I mean, it tastes better. I don't disagree because I made that cutting board. It's fantastic. So you, you can make it like a serving board because I've been yeah. that way too. So like, if it's go. too nice, I'm like, no, th- this is where I'm going to put like my cheese and summer sausage on and just not really cut it. But if it's, you know, just an average board, it can be a cutting board. That's where I land. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to start producing with walrus oil? Like, are you able to tell us what you want? Where you see your brand going or is that like there is like one knowledge? realm that is such a big curveball it is for sure top secret <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it may not even <laughs> nice. may not ever see the day of light or it could some, somewhat soon but um no i mean the, the stuff that that we could share is like you know like honestly we're probably not going to expand the wood finishes very much more than where it's at we've we've thought about getting into like paints and other stuff but um like we actually we, we actually are like really big into making sure everything we sell is like 100 percent food safe and there is no paint on earth that's food safe that i'm aware of but we've actually tried to make it we've we've so we've talked with uh a, like a almost like a food dye a plant-based food dye company and they've sent us samples we have tried to make like dyes and stains that is plant, completely plant-based and will actually dry and look amazing and it's just you know maybe one day but that's not gonna happen anytime soon but the like the hand salve and some of the skincare stuff is probably we're gonna kind of maybe focus on that towards a little bit this year and a little bit next year but i mean you know 
that's kind of where we're at with that. Cool. That's yeah, I mean, I, at some point, I guess, like, you just are going to just stop making stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's some of our competitors. I mean, they have, like, their paints and dyes and their cutting board oil. And, like, that's it. Like, at some point, you know, you just, like, oh, this is good. We have a good catalog. We don't need to go too crazy. So, you know. But the skincare stuff is probably where we're going to be growing, like, the most, I think. See. That'd be cool. Well, and, Quality over and yeah, making sure that you stick to well your core branding. Your core sure. values. Like it, like it wouldn't yeah. make sense oh, for well, yeah. for sure. A a company with the name of Walrus Oil to like make a kayak or something. Like you know, you you need to keep whatever you're doing. Hey, hold, 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 hold the... on a second. Hold on. <laughs> there <laughs> is an exception. Brand. I've learned this. So in Springfield, Bass Pro Shops is based in Springfield. And they put that damn logo on every freaking vein you can imagine. There is Bass Pro Shop gummy bears, and it works. Oh, jeez. So, you never know. Yeah. Okay. You never know. You got me. I mean, I, I could you, you, I could make, you know, walrus oil, like, cookies. No, I'm just I'm joking. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, no, I mean, I, I, they're, they're, I mean, for me, like, there is like a lot of potential and like the stuff you can make, but you're, but you're right. There are some limitations where it just gets ridiculous. But but what what would you guys like to see us make? That's, that's something that I'm really big on is like just asking the people that using it, like what could be something that's a good question other than beard oil. I'm pretty excited for the skincare line because Mm -hmm. I always have chapped hands and Literally, I call it, this is terrible, but I call it skin leprosy. <laughs> like, there is nothing that can fix my chapped hand. So, okay. if I can find something that works, like, you know what might be oh, that's killer for me. That it may or may not fall into the brand, though, is okay. a sunscreen that does not feel ah! like freaking butter. I was just, I felt like you were going to say that. It's so funny. <laughs> It's because I'm the, super. The one white. super is the one super pale guy. No, yeah, it's okay. He's super pale. He needs the sunscreen. All right, we have thought about that. We have thought about that. Um, what do walruses do? They lay out in the sun all day long. It That'd works. Be badass. It works, but it is like psychotically insane with oh, FDA sure. regulations. Yeah. Oh, I can't freaking. Am- yeah. Oh man, I bet that's a nightmare. The, even to like. So, so sunscreen gets bundled into basically medicine yeah. because if people can get like cancer who are pro, or who are people who are prone to getting skin cancer might buy your product trusting it's going to work so it's like you're kind of cracking open a whole another like can of worms but that is like probably going to happen eventually because I, I, it's funny you mention that. Like, I want to see that happen. Well, I'm just tired of so. sunscreens that feel like I'm putting butter on myself. Like, it has that texture. Okay. Yeah. Because then you feel like you're getting burned. Yes. Because you're, like, yeah. I greased myself up. <laughs> or you now can't rub really it in, so me. you have, like, white yeah. all over your face. Yeah. I'm taking notes. So, non-buttery yes. skin <laughs> or uh, suntan. Yes. See, but I want the butter for my hands, so my hands aren't chapped. Buttery so hands The non-buttery... Yeah, buttery hand salve and then okay. non-buttery sunscreen. All right, what about oh, you? One more. Freaking Steven. Like, okay. cooking oil. Oh, well, okay. Well, you and I have already... Uh, <laughs> Think about cooking it. oil? Actual, actual walrus cooking it. oil. Steven needs the uh, oil for yes, this winter so he can God. work at night. This again. This again. 
Yeah. Remember, it's whale oil that goes into lanterns, not walrus oil. Yeah, like... There, there's not enough oil in a walrus. The only sucky thing is, is, like, we have to be careful about, like, making non-edible walrus oil products and then edible walrus yeah. oil products because people might get one. And plus, like, the actual... Like, there is such thing as walrus oil, like, the real thing. And it's, like, mostly illegal around the world except in some, some parts of Asia. So, like, I would be afraid people would buy it thinking it's, like... Actual. Yeah. Actual walrus oil, which is another reason why I have the disclaimer, because when we put it out, I started getting, like, messages from people in, like, Asia, like, oh, my God, like, you got walrus oil, like, how, how can I get this? And I'm like, you're, you are you look like you're not into woodworking, like, what do you want to do this? <laughs> you know, and I, had a, I realized that there was a... Yep. a an underground black market for <laughs> you accidentally the real thing upon an underground yes. black market so cooking oil is probably yeah, not gonna fair. happen but I do, I do like the the uh suntan lotion what, what about you man the other guy that has not participated in this <laughs> okay so well we, you and i talked about one and i need to try the wood okay. wax for one because i i do i do i do a special like wax polish on furniture okay and certain things like it's super old school um so i need to just try the wood wax because you're saying it's like really hard it's mostly beeswax yeah. right yeah it's, it's pretty pretty dense. okay so i need to, i need to try that i need to try that and then the other thing i thought about was um since you're going to work with possibly work with this you know larger kind of chemistry and distribution company in st louis is actually making real boiled linseed oil oh. not like metals added to it like legit Take flaxseed, boil it, polymerize it. So it. is there is there not uh, is there not like just a anything without the additives out there? There's got to be something. It's super. It's super really? hard to find. I haven't been able to find any of it. Yeah, because the well, what it is, the additives make it so much yeah. bigger to make. You have to do it with a vacuum boiler. Yeah. So you have to boil it in a vacuum because the point at which it boils is only a few degrees off the point at which it yeah. catches on fire and explodes so it's kind of one of those things where you have to have you really need to have like a chemist and like legit facilities to do it but if you could do that i mean okay. that that oil will work for everything no, I, yeah that or you start that or you start boiling tongue oil one of the two do boil well you know oil. we make a furniture finish it's 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 uh it's like sapphire oil based sapphire. yeah I think I saw that, but I don't think I've I don't think I've come across it because I don't know if Clings they, they sells don't. That yet so so most sapphire oil is like the kind you're not supposed to put on wood, but the the, the variety we use is it's like a high linoleic, <clears throat> so it has all the all the right fatty acids to where it dries on its own. The only downside is is uh, without the additives, it takes quite a while to like fully cure, but it does cure. So I will gotcha. send you a bottle to try out because it might answer your. Uh, your, uh, you know, your need for the, the linseed oil. Because I think, because actually, okay. sapphire, like historically, linseed oil has been used as a dryer for painting, right? It's like, it's like a... Yes, it's, that's that's why boiled linseed yeah. oil was basically used. It was, I mean, it was great additive for yeah. oil-based so the And um, it's, there's still some artists that actually make it for themselves so they can make their own yeah. paint but it's expensive to make. So safflower oil has historically been the alternative to linseed for like making oil-based paints for whatever reason. And okay. I, I think like 
Um, so the, 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 the choices were like it, you could use linseed and it dries a little bit faster, but it causes yellowing or you can use safflower. Um, it takes a little bit longer to dry and it doesn't yellow. Cause so, so like if you yeah. use like an oil, like an oil based paint with linseed and it's a white paint, when it dries, it's going to look like a pale. It's going to, yeah. it's going to so, yellow. It's going to yellow. Um, yep. Yeah. Give it a shot, but <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll definitely do that because I'm trying to. I'm doing. I'm trying to go super old school with like furniture yeah. refinishing and things like that. So um, that's definitely one of the like the recommended ones is, is to use either like real boiled linseed oil without the metals in it, or potentially use tongue oil. Sure. But if you're saying the safflower oil, sa- saf- yeah, it's, it's, it's a safflower oil. oil. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, it might be what gotcha. you need. I mean, it's it's. I mean, we just put it out, and it's been kind of like a soft push. We haven't like promoted it heavily, because um, I still, it's like still sort of like kind of beta mode, I guess. Um, with, gotcha. with with some of our new products, like we just want to see like how it, like how it reacts to everybody for every use. I mean, so far we've had nothing but good feedback, but um, you know. My like my my biggest fear of the sapphire oil is making sure that it stays uh, on like it doesn't spoil too quickly. So l- let me ask you guys this: I don't know if you're done with the podcast, but like, what are your guys's goals for the year? We actually that was like our first or second episode for uh, the yeah. year was to talk about our goals. Um, but I mean, I think we've all got our own like unique sort of business goals. Sure. Um, but we would love, we would love to hear yours. Why don't, why don't you tell us yours first? Um, I mean, clearly you've got a lot of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in, in short, I tend to rant on, but in short, just kind of nailing down, uh, our contract manufacturing partner and then just like okay. slowly growing, um, into more products without financially sinking the ship, basically having more employees and stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's totally legit. That's yeah. totally legit. And I'm, I would definitely be interested in like looking at every product. I know there was, I think there was something that you posted just the other day about a, um, an axe sharpener. Yeah. That right? well, that, that's like a distributed product. My, a friend of mine makes those in, uh, uh, Arkansas. So I just figured okay. loggers, lip balm, and then an axe sharpener. Why the hell not? Well, I mean, I'm all into, I'm all into yeah. some axes. So, so. I'm all into some axes. Um, I'm trying to think Martin, what Martina's goals were for the year. To make a billion dollars. I think for like legitimate, like some sort of passive income would be nice. Like some sort of sustainable monthly income would be amazing, beautiful yeah. time. But um, we want to, like my wife and I run the business together and she's more of like the design aspect. So I think trying to get our foot in the door with home staging would be amazing. So she's finishing up her real estate license okay. right now. And then we have like this whole five-year goal of like, I'll get mine too. And then be able to just do home staging and kind of have that kind of income too, along with building for. So what, what is home staging? That would be, that'd that'd be like, pretty awesome. Make them look cool making a house look pretty to okay. sell it instead of having an empty house kind of like show what each dedicated space would look like. Yeah. So even if we could put our own furniture that I've made in there and then have people want to buy that piece because it's already there. That is super awesome. awesome. That sounds amazing. 
I think um, I think it's bigger than a year goal, though. <laughs> I, I think it's it's a it's a little it's a little bit yeah. bigger goal, but I think it's I think it's totally legit. That can be done. Got to still got to start it this year. So exactly, exactly. There we go. Here we go. Goal one: get that real estate license. As long as one of y'all has a real estate license, that's definitely going to put you down the sure. right avenue for sure. Yeah. And I'd say imagine I imagine selling real estate in California is not easy. It's so hit and miss. I mean, you could do a ton with a license in general. So, um, like with commercial, like you can do residential, commercial, and then like end up getting into title and stuff and escrow oh, wow. and everything. So it kind of cool. just depends what you want to do. That's pretty cool. So, um, I think I'll give one of my goals that's kind of actually kind of pertinent and kind of ties you and I back together. Um, I want to shift a little bit of my business necessarily away, away from making furniture. Um, except for some really custom pieces or unique pieces and get into furniture restoration. I just really like old furniture and I really want to try to give old stuff new life. That's awesome. Um, so that if that's that's all that's like all across the board. I, I try to take antiques and, and give them new life. I'm super into old woodworking tools, axes and, and spoke shaves and planes and basically anything I can find that I can de-rust and clean Steven and the put back into service. <laughs> Yes, I that is awesome, man. Actually, my uh, contact, uh, like one of the buyers at Clean Spores, that's what he does as a, on the side to refinishes. Yep, Mike yeah. Ziegler. Yeah. So. You... Yep. Oh yeah, I know. Okay. I know Mike real well. Yeah, because that's the first person yep. I thought of whenever you said that. Yep, I like Mike. He's a good guy. He's a real good guy. Trevor, what what are your goals? Because I know there were several. So the biggest on one the is to officially set up the LLC. So I've got the EIN number. I got that taken care of, which that part was really easy. The LLC is a slightly more complicated and our fees a lot higher. It's like almost $500 a year. And then really? the, um, what was the other one? Oh, so I did sign up for QuickBooks so I can start actually tracking things better. So I'm, I'm starting yeah. to learn that, which is its own learning curve. Uh, but the goal is, you know, to make more per month than my laser payments are. So, <laughs> uh, so this listen, if you don't mind, ask like how much does a laser cost? So it depends. That sounds insane. You can get a really crappy one for like <laughs> you know two thousand dollars, and okay. they go into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But oh wow, so mine's basically yeah. like buying an suv okay so yeah I've, I've looked at some before too and they were like 20 or thirty thousand. you're in the right range uh, for the one i have yeah that's that's pretty crazy so you can laser like anything though, right so you can uh well not anything can, but like laser there so it's a co2 mostly i do signs right now <laughs> that seems to be like the okay. biggest thing so like acrylic uh mdf wood I can cut and engrave all those. I can engrave coated metals. So like Yeti mugs, I can engrave those. Oh yeah. So like people, so you could almost do like, like the imprinting services where like mm -hmm. you can like get, get a bunch of like little like metal beer openers and put like a water yep. logo on it. And I've like done, that. uh, I've done, yeah, I can. It's can a good connection for you. There you go. Yeah. I've looked, I've, I've looked at <laughs> So that, I've done actually, magnets so. before yeah. that look metallic, but they're, let me find one here. Like, I know people can't see this, but 
it's like silver and it engraves to black. Oh, and cool. then there's other ones that are like black that engraved to gold. But how, is that just how it oxidizes? After no, you it's a dual layer or... material. So it's actually like a thin metallic silver layer on top of a black layer that's magnetic on the back. Okay. And hmm. you just laser engrave it and it can cut it out at the same time, which is how I can shape them. And then it, I just clean it up and I have a personalized magnet. But I've done coasters, keychains, pins, like dog tags, all you, kinds you, of stuff. You gotta do like a lot of those though. Like if you, people gotta order like hundreds. Yeah. Because I mean, your setup time is probably like worth fifty bucks at least. This it? Just to get it. Now that I know how to do it, yeah. it's not nearly as long. I could probably set up the file in like fifteen minutes, maybe. Okay. But it usually the signs seem to be more popular lately so that's kind of what i've just been working with yeah are you wanting to go like full time with it i don't know that i'll ever be able to just because we're my wife um is a stay-at-home mom and watches our kids Mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard for me to take that leap at least now maybe in the future it'd be awesome to go full time yeah but I think that's going to be at least a decade down the road. Yeah. But those are kind of the goals. So, so about that LLC thing. So you said it was like 500 bucks. Yes. Um, I love Google. <laughs> so I just Googled set up LLC in Nevada. And I mean, you, you probably already mm-hmm. done this, but LegalZoom.com says it's like 80 bucks. So... Is that just yeah, a lie? Because <laughs> to actually file Sorry. with, so if I go to, uh, so Las Vegas, like Nevada or whatever, the the official okay. site to af- do the business licensing is like okay. 400 and something dollars. And if you go in through the process of LegalZoom, because I started with LegalZoom, and the price of the LLC portion is like four hundred dollars, and then they tacked on a bunch of other things. So whatever it is, it starts uh, at eighty dollars, and it's some service they offer that starts at eighty dollars. Stinking legal zoom. More than it's, I think that's like their yeah. base cost. No matter what we do, I, we're charging I think it's, eighty bucks. Get your LLC started by legal zoom for $80. oh gotcha but the actual okay. fees to do it yeah. are higher than that so like w- whenever we've we've had to register a lot of trademarks and so we we always do it through uh, legal that zoom makes sense yeah because it's like i mean to, to, to register a trademark with the government it's like you know 400 bucks or something like that but um you have to like hire if you don't use LegalZoom or a company like that. You have to hire an attorney and do like just stacks and stacks and stacks of paperwork. Yeah. And so it's just like so much easier. I totally understand that. LegalZoom, but, but from a for trademarks, it's great. From a setting up your business standpoint, like LegalZoom doesn't really hold a lot of value for just yeah. clicking a few buttons online. I can believe that. But yeah, for like trademarks and stuff, I'm sure it's fantastic. Cool. So we all got big lofty goals. Yes. Uh, for the year. Yes, and, uh, definitely. We'll definitely. need to be emotional support for each other. <laughs> there we go. It there is we go. A, it is a. Well, I mean, every every time you post something big about Warsaw, we'll all there, be behind. There you it. go. We'll repost it. And there then you go. know the true story of like, 
his life is hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know, for every good post, there is many, many moments of stress. That's, yeah. That's my investment. Oh, here you go. <laughs> for sure. It's a, it's a snap. It's, it's one snapshot in time for, for yeah. many, many hours of probably. Officially struggle. it is $425. So for anybody that's in Nevada, that's how much it is. That's crazy. I think that's. Pretty I was going to say for you, uh, Martina. So like, you cannot try to monetize your gardening. Yeah. Because then you will fall <laughs> into the same trap. So the moment you think, exactly, oh, I could dry these herbs and sell at the farmers market. Remember that. I know. You're... <laughs> I've learned my lesson already. <laughs> like it is no longer your therapy. It is more exactly. Insane, yeah. I guess. But well, thanks yeah. again. We appreciate it. Yeah, I've, thank you so much. Yeah, it was fun. Hopefully, yeah. I didn't sound ridiculous or stupid the whole time. So no. always, I no. don't do these kinds of things You're very good. much because I'm like, gosh, like I'm gonna, like I'll listen to, like I'll listen. I mean, I've done stuff in the past where I've been interviewed for other businesses, and I'm like, gosh, you sound like an asshole. Like, <laughs> either that, or you're like in, incredibly boring, and that, I don't know. So hopefully it turns out good. Just edit. If anything sounds stupid, don't just worry. Like <laughs> overdub it with something. Don't worry. He cut. Don't worry. He yeah. cuts okay, me cool. out a lot. So Sweet. don't even worry, man. <laughs> right. Don't even worry. Just make me look cool. I'll do you my know? best. Just kidding. All right. Well, thanks, guys. It's been good meeting you too. All, all right. It's been great thanks. meeting you Bye. too, man. All right. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to today's show. As a continued listener, we greatly appreciate your feedback, your input and just downloading the episode every week. If you're a new listener, thank you for hopping on, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we also hope that you continue to join along with us every week as we'll put out new podcasts covering all sorts of Maker topics. Also, be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com, where we'll post valuable resources, tips, tricks, and Maker swag, including stickers, because, you know, makers love stickers. And we'll do this to help your maker vision become a maker reality. If you have any questions, suggestions, or any general input about this particular episode or previous episodes, you can reach out to our podcast email at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on our Instagram, and that's makervisionpodcast. Even better, you can reach out to us directly through my personal Instagram, that is Old South Woodcraft, Trevor's personal Instagram, Maker Experiment, and the personal Instagram of our newest co-host, Martina, at Naughty by Nature Designs. She also runs the Maker Vision Podcast Instagram account, so if you have questions, you can reach out to her either way, and she'll be happy to help. Also, if you really enjoyed today's episode, or even if you didn't enjoy, enjoy today's episode, let us know. Give us a review. Hopefully it's a five-star review to show us that, hey, we've been doing good. But if you didn't, give us a one-star review and tell us what you didn't like about it. Because we're happy to hear from you either way. And once again, thank you for being a listener, and we hope to see you next week. 